How are you doing, man? Okay. Okay. Um, it's been a while, the few days. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but all things considered, uh, doing all right. In fact, um, yeah, I'm sure, uh, despite every, uh, all the turbulence and everything, um, uh, maybe I'm in the minority here, but this is like pro sports for me, like <laughs> watching everything <laughs> unfold and seeing how, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. obviously what happened sucked, but it's like fascinating to like, wow, like how did this all come about and like, how is it unraveling and um, what, what's being done? Like what we're expecting in terms of like more fallout, uh, from like, uh, um, just in the FTX side alone, um, like this, it, it's clearly not finished yet. So let's see. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because. It depends who I talk to. So um, there's a few people who are in the camp of they're kind of already over it. Yeah. And I guess it never it never materially affected their business and what they're doing in the crypto space. But at the same time, I think you're hitting on something right where I, I asked this to to Don yesterday. Um, and I don't know, maybe you have a different take, but like I was asking, what do you, he thinks the fascination with it? Is it only for people because like you said, it's pro sports. So it's just a minority thing. I mean, the, the larger media obviously picked up on it, but like I was threading a, a theme where like I contagen is probably not as bad as it seems. M maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's, like you said, there's more to come, but at the same time, it doesn't go beyond wider. It's not going to go into like, you know, the bigger economy or, you know, TradFi. Um, and, you know, if you take the total assets of all of crypto, right, it's still by and large, not that bad, right? Um, uh, of course, the people who lost their savings is bad, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but beyond that, right, like what, what, what is it, do you think? Like what makes it so fascinating to follow? I mean, on the micro in the microcosm of crypto, I think, um, well, it was not bad probably for like the OG, like not your keys, not your token guys. Cause they're probably not messing <laughs> around on these, on these, uh, yeah, um, right. centralized platforms anyways. But, um, uh, and I think in terms of the broader mission of like crypto and DeFi, um, honestly, the, yeah, this really changes a little having said that, um, I think for like the mass, the normie market, uh, that's probably where the impact will hit hardest. Um, whether that is like a, um, a drop in confidence and like, I mean, cause especially in the past year, we saw like huge, like, um, adoption efforts, right. You saw like this, I think it was this year, beginning of this year with Super Bowl and everything, like every crypto exchange and their oh, mother bought ads and stuff. And like, I you know, see, yeah. stadiums were being, um, stadiums were being named after like the companies, like they were taking ad spots on everything left and right. Uh, mostly, mostly the exchanges, decentralized, the sexes. Um, what that means now? Uh, yeah, there's probably like a rock in confidence. Um, uh, let, let's see how it plays out. I, I'm not a fan of making like, uh, this is like the end for crypto kind of predictions or whatever, or it's going to take years yeah. for um, for it to recover. Because yeah, yeah. um, let's be honest, um, a large portion of even like mainstream interest in crypto are for the outsized gains. And um, yeah. any, <laughs> like, like not just true. speaking frankly, like uh, there, there's an entire like world of 
new frontier technology you can build on this stack of uh, blockchain and decentralized applications. But at the same time, um, uh, it's it, it, it's largely built by speculation and trading, um, which, which yeah. in my mind, uh, whatever, it, it is what it is. And um, uh, things might seem down now, but once the next bull market turns around, runs around, and it, it certainly will, um, I think that'll change uh, people's kind of um, people's drops in confidence and like their uh, their current like hesitance to d- jump back into the waters. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Let, let's let's hold that thought because I definitely want to come back and pick your mind on this this frontier layer of applications that could be possibly built, right? But uh, before we do that, let me do the introduction really quickly. Then we can jump into kind of the main topics we kind of wanted to talk about. Sure. Hello, Barbarians, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the LLB podcast. Today, we continue with the news coverage in the crypto space. With the recent fallout with FTX, there's a lot of new topics to talk about. And today we have with us Justin An. Uh, if you want to get to know Justin, he did a really great EOA podcast back in 2021, more personal level, more history with us. Um, and like promised, he's coming back to talk about crypto. Uh, Justin is currently co-founder and CEO of Quidly, quid.li. And just, just to start, you know, I thought I would never have to say this, but I am an investor in Quidly, a, a very baby investor. So just just to put everyone's expectations everything we say is going to be propaganda if it's good about quidly <laughs> no man no, but, no but baby it, investor we're, all contributors are, uh, are yeah. you know are, are worth are, are valuable i appreciate that sentiment um you know i wasn't a leader or anything but yeah i'm, I'm along for the ride uh with that qualification in mind you know we will put things objectively out there people can decide especially if we're saying nice things about quidly later on uh, but why don't you introduce what quidly is and then uh i will get to the topics yeah sure um i'm justin as alex mentioned uh i'm one of the co-founders of quidly at a high level we like to we like to describe ourselves as a micro on ramp between uh, uh, a micro on ramp to integrate Web two tools that we all know and use, love to use, um, with Web three assets, uh, specifically crypto. Um, the killer use case um, we've built our initial traction on um, has largely been P two P tipping, but again, um, that's building these kind of features and functions into the apps we use, like Slack and Discord, for example, instead of trying to force you to use um, new uh, new experimental like decentralized applications that are you know being built around in the blockchain crypto space i'm sure that will be interesting fodder for our um, our conversation today because uh, that was our description at the high level um what how it pertains today probably will be around like how we're kind of sitting at the intersection of centralized um uh just for the context of ftx i guess we'll just use sex like centralized exchange and decentralized exchange um, decks, but yeah, we're sitting at the intersection of a centralized app and a decentralized app, um, which is currently a huge topic right now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I think just to follow that line of thought, there's two very interesting angles, which I think we discussed before this call, which was, like you said, you know, 
how do you fit into this? Because it does seem like, I mean, you're not exactly a central exchange. You're, in a no. sense, you have a wallet function and it's still on-ramp, off-ramp. So it is that same space, but in a different kind of way. So I think we have to probably explore that. But also at the same time, you know, like you mentioned, you have a lot of users that had a lot of questions in the past few days. And I think I don't think that's something that's been covered probably well. You know, we have a lot of crypto experts from the very top and they must, you know, telling us all the forecasts and stuff. But, you know, it'd be nice to hear what the masses are concerned about for real and then um, some of those things. But um, so which which one would you want to tackle first? Um, uh, dealer's choice, man. Go, uh, Deal, dealer's, on dealer's choice. Uh, let's just like, let's, let's start easy then. So let's let's talk about like what. <laughs> I'm not sure if dealer's choice is the best terminology <laughs> used when we're talking about speculative assets. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we you know it's not gambling, it's investing. But <laughs> anyway, so the for the users, I'm, I guess you're talking about Quidly users, right? And uh, it's like you said, the main UK the main use case has been tipping or paying for I guess remote work or labor, this kind of stuff for micro, know, yeah, people, micro. Then using crypto to pay pay for services and stuff so that's the kind of user profile we're talking about i'm guessing and then what has been the main topics coming up what are they concerned about or like what are the common themes that you have identified yeah sure i mean in general i think people are um well let me start outside our user base first and then work my okay. way in maybe that's uh, a better flow okay. um you know yeah you get all the way from like the OG like crypto heads to like the pundits. Um, well, like the OG crypto heads will be like, as we've always been beating our drum, like uh, not your yeah. keys, not your crypto. And they're like, look, yet again, another centralized fiasco where like uh, people's yeah. they're not surprised. And, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's not even worth. Everyone, yeah, they predicted it. It's not even worth <laughs> predicting at this point. Yeah, yeah. At some point, it's, some, yeah, greed and avarice will always, like, you know, yeah. um, play factors in human, human-led situations. Sure, fine. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had now friends who have nothing to do with crypto, um, not even to do with tech, you know, just, like, general friends uh, who are like, oh, shit, I've seen what's happening on the news yeah. they're asking about ft it's just funny that a non-crypto person is asking me about mm. ftx and stuff like what's going on um it, i mean this is anecdotal obviously i don't have a huge base of this kind of stuff but yeah they're like oh is this mean this is finally a real house of cards that's like coming down <laughs> and um so yeah I, I do think one difference this time around for example this time around like we, was it, may or something when Three, three arrows capital and Terra Luna and all that stuff went down. Um, that was big for the industry, but my normies, like, they wouldn't have even, it was just another day for them, you know? They didn't yeah. know if like billions went down the drain. Um, but this time around, I think there is a, a wider awareness of what's happened, mm. which I think um, is, uh, which I think is, dip. let's see how that plays out in, um, longer term, uh, longer term. Uh, but I guess for our user base, um, our users, our communities, like it's just mostly been, um, concerned about safety. I think fortunately, um, in the year plus we've been operating, like we've get, we've given like no reasons for them to feel unsafe. Um, and, uh, a lot of questions saying, Oh no, like, what does this mean for you? Are we impact? Uh, maybe they were thinking we were, 
um, we were using FTX to manage funds or something, or maybe they were yeah. they were thinking um, we had some kind of exposure. Um, but fortunately, we've you know very luckily never had any um, ties to FTX um, whatsoever at, at any point. Um, I mean, the only thing ancillary is maybe because um, we do operate with uh, Solana, and so Solana yeah. is uh, for better or for worse probably the og sandcoin <laughs> like uh it's uh, it's been um it, it, it took a lot of support from um from those guys in the early days but other than like operating with solana um everything else in our operations is as normal and um i'm really thankful for our community of users for um continuing to trust us i know that goes against the whole grain of like crypto uh, philosophy and stuff like you're not supposed to trust you can just verify and do it yourself but yeah. i mean for better or for worse we are a centralized app today and yeah. in these as we do have in our roadmap to more and more move stuff on chain but so long as we are in this kind of situation it does require trust in us and the confidence that we're building with your safety in mind and so um I don't know. That's that's been pretty much the the general gist of how we've been able to handle it so far. I think um, it's just been a lot of like, "Hey, is everything okay?" kind of contact mm -hmm. we've been receiving, and um, most you as most users can of ours can attest to you, um, like things have been functioning like normal uh, despite what's happened. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, there's quite a lot of things to unpack there, but so that means that you inherently built enough trust because there were, were there any significant amount of people pulling their money out of wallets or um, know, closing accounts because I mean that's quite indicative of that behavior that actually says more than anything what a customer says right what their actions yeah, yeah, yeah. no um, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it um, but no accounts were closed so far as I'm okay. aware of um, we did see um, a small chunk leave but okay. um to external wants no longer in our environment um but i mean that is what it is i i can understand that we'll never say um it's not in our interest to say and we'll never say um completely trust us with your yeah. fund we're not meant to be a bank or anything we're meant to right. enable like micro incentives using crypto rails in the uh, the web 2 apps you're using today so well, yeah if you actually, if your if your use case for your token suddenly becomes not to reward or incentivize, and it's oh I need to off ramp or I need to do something else with this, um, we don't offer a suite of tools for for you to do anything like that with. And so, um, yeah, it's not our mission, it's not our vision to lock user funds into quickly. Yeah, and I think that's a really important function if you want a more cohesive world, right? Well, I think the one interesting thing that I talked with Don yesterday was that if this was really a crypto ending event, we would see the price of the OG coins tanking like Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they have kind of held steady. I mean, of course, from high, you know, all, you know the historical highs, they're down. Sure. But like, you know, they're they not were down anyways and, prior yeah, to exactly. Yeah. So, but in general, there's this line of people and institutions that 
like you said, the, I mean, this is a separate problem of them holding because they're not going to use it for like your type of off-ramp scenarios. But at the same time, it's proving the first use case of a store of value, which is the first layer of what you need, right? And if that holds the line, essentially, you can still keep value, keep, you know, chipping away at it. And you do need more use cases like Quidly, Quidly to kind of make it more widespread because if there's no way to kind of bridge these worlds, then, you know, it's... It's it's very hard to imagine what that looks like physically, you know. Like no, no, absolutely. Okay. I yeah. think um, one of the things I'd like to maybe that's uh, not going to be so popular with the current sentiment, with the current like state Correct. of the market. Correct. But one of the things I would like to um, kind of emphasize, in my view, is that I mean it's so easy to say. To pit to to make the circumstance be DeFi versus CFI or or D, Dex versus Sex DeFi versus centralized crypto finance. Uh, I'm kind um, of guilty CC, of that with the past few conversations. <laughs> sure, CCFI. Yeah, I think CCFI. I guess that would you say because I want to specify that it's centralized crypto finance, not tradfi, which is more traditional finance. Yeah, um, I, I want to say that. Uh, in, I mean, then I want to say my position is that. Despite um, sex is being this like, um, particularly now this like bedeviled kind of thing, like what, like you shouldn't tr uh, trust the sex, like all they're going to do is like mess around with your funds and you don't, it's not, again, not your keys, not your tokens, but it's, it's such a necessary position role that these, um, these sexes play. It's just unfortunate that they're run by human, um, you know, uh, humans, which can cause issues uh, when when um, a, a person or a node gets corrupted. But to me, um, DeFi and centralized crypto finance are still one side of the same coin. It's not DeFi versus this. It's crypto versus TradFi in a way. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, the OGs will say, yeah, there's other ways to get crypto. You can mine it. You can, like, you know, look for, like, bounties or airdrops. Not for the average person. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, your average person is not going to sit there, like, for hours scouring, like, the internet, the darknet to find ways to, like, you know, get crypto in a weird way. I mean, even for a lot of the OGs, you probably got it from, like, Kraken or uh, Mt. Gox or uh, early Coinbase, like, with your your bank card, with your with your debit Correct. card, with um, so um, uh, centralized exchanges play a critical role for better or for worse, and um, I don't think the the outlook right now should be Dex versus Sex, um, and I think that's kind of what, why you're seeing in reality what you said, like the blue chip, the top blue chip tokens are not super impacted by this <laughs> uh, fingers yeah, crossed yeah. because um, I mean what was corrupted here was uh, largely altcoins like uh, shit coins yeah. um, was, uh, um, FTT was like a big part of this and obviously no one's trusting sexes right now so where yeah. the where's this value going to go to right um, yeah you're not going to buy other altcoins or other shit coins. You're going to go back to like the yeah. tokens you trust. And so I think, um, I think you're seeing Bitcoin play out just like Bitcoin should play out. And in my opinion, uh, 
same with Ethereum. Ethereum is a, in my mind, a proven asset today. And uh, despite what Bitcoin maxis may may think, and um, it, it's the same. Like maybe uh, maybe you don't want positions in Bitcoin, so the outflow will go to Ethereum. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it it really is indicative, like you said. Um, it's it's of of trust in uh, yeah. in these assets compared to in, in a time like this. That that kind of reminds me of that that silly meme. It's like where step one created a DeFi protocol. Step two question mark, and then step three profit. Right, but like the, the, the two, the two, the you know, step two is probably something that looks in between these worlds. Like, uh, unless like some country fully adopts it, and then every person, you know, like all these maximalists move to this country and have an army. Like, it just doesn't seem you you still need, you know, software and hardware to kind of like you know trade the value and to kind of exist together for a period. And of course, you know, the idyllic world utopia is that, you know, after a while, if people get used to it, mass adoption, the technology catches up. Yeah, then maybe it fully switches over and is pervasive. Maybe. Right. But there's going to be a long period of time where you have to walk those kind of fine lines between them for them to exist together as as different kind of asset classes. Right. So. Sure. And I mean, what you said, I think, is. um, I don't know if it was intentional, but I think it, it. it puts a magnifying lens to um, what the role of finance is in general, right? Um, Crypto, for better or for worse, um, is unregulated. And um, I think essentially what you've seen happen happens in TradFi all the time. It's just there's more regulation for consumer protection, um, which, you know, which which kind of blocks a lot of that blowback from impacting at the consumer level unless it's massive you know like financial crisis kind of level uh turbulence but crypto and this is not a negative sentiment for me i think that's one of the attractions of crypto is the lack of regulation today and let's see how that will i think regulation will will be a huge um question mark a, a huge subject of discussion um, coming from this, but I mean, it's it's always kind of been. But I mean, again, for better or for worse, my bias aside, it's fascinating how you can build these things in crypto without regulation, and yeah. um, they work for certain points. Whether yeah. it's through well, less transparent CFI kind of ways of doing things, or whether it's through like fully automated smart contract DeFi way of doing things, um, they work. Um, but then once things become an actual functioning thing, once like a DeFi protocol is pumping and, you know, people are, people are participating, loans are being done, being paid back, gains are generated. Um, suddenly, I mean, it's natural for it to be a vector of attack. You're, you're creating surface area for people to finally, to suddenly realize, oh, there's value here. How can we, how can we take it? But I mean, when value is generated, that's always the case, whether it's TradFi or it's like, so like, I mean, in general, like people are like, oh, how could that happen? It's like, are you kidding me? That happens all the time. People are always trying to defraud banks. People are always trying to like, like, like game the market. And I think the only difference, um, which sucks for consumers is there's less regulation on, on the crypto side, but 
I mean, again, it's a double-edged sword. We like it because of the lack of regulation, yeah. and we shouldn't be suddenly pitchfork up in arms like, oh, this is the worst thing ever when, when we get rugged, when the rug gets pulled. Yeah. Um, Correct. It, it, it's, it's the good and the bad of um, a, a market like crypto. Um, and I think, if anything, as we're still in this nebulous area today of regulation, if anything, I, I want more people to kind of understand, like, that is the risk. <laughs> and like yeah. people are like, uh, I mean, this might be a callous thing to say, and um, it's harder to say it when you're looking someone directly impacted yeah, directly correct. in the face. But like, man, if you're putting your entire life savings into Shiba Inu or some like <laughs> meme coin, like, uh, yeah. like uh, maybe there are some other things in your life you need to examine and and look into. I yeah. don't know, Alex. You tell me if that's too. Uh, that's it's a tough it's a tough one because. That's like in the wild, wild west, you know, in the, in the modernization, industrialization, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But, but I guess we chose as a society to, I mean, I mean, I think we, that there is some logic to that, to what you're saying, right? It's not wrong, but like from a humanistic level, it's not going to attract people to mass adoption, right? Sure. And I th- no, and I think well, that, no, no, I disagree. I think that the gains is what... The gains is a big part of mass adoption. That's not the longer term story how the narrative will play yeah. out, but the gains are for that initial oh, so group. Mean. I think that was a huge. Um, I mean, no one will say it because yeah, people well, don't like foundation. talking about. It. Sure, yeah, it's a foundation um, that won't go away. Yeah, but just like you said, I mean, the Wild West is the exact same thing. People are like, oh, because we needed to expand, anyways. No, people went west because promise of gold and shit and new land and like stuff you could own like yourself because it's so much cheaper because you couldn't convince yeah. people to go out that time. Like literally it's the gains that people are like, it's human nature. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you're, you're talking about a certain reality that you can't argue. Um, but so, and essentially I've always known this from the very beginning of starting to understand cryptos that if it ever were to be widely adopted, essentially it's just a transference of fiat. And the question is, what is that mechanism of transference, right? And you could just look at historically how that happened for you know modern traditional finance. Essentially these, I guess what I was trying to allude to is that we care as a society, but it's also a belief into fluffy nothingness. It's just like, just because we believe it self-fulfills, right? And so in a sense, we haven't crossed that threshold yet with crypto, right? And so it's, it's harder to have a nice soft landing in that when that's not there, but that takes, that took hundreds of, I don't know, maybe finance has been around forever actually, right? Like since humans started having civilization. It takes time. Your sentiment is correct. It takes time. And by the time yeah. a crypto asset reaches that, honestly, um, I mean, it, it'll still be cool if, because uh, like building finance on crypto rails, I think opens like an entire new way of doing finance. But at the same time, when it's regulated, whether it be a CBDC or like there's actual yeah. frameworks around using Bitcoin or something, I do think um, that changes the face value of it. Um, it, yeah. it, it's a totally different ball game from what's what's being done now, and it's more like tradfi in that sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's not paint you completely as a, a, a hard ass devil. I mean, you you are just Justin is one of the nicest people I know. Um, so I, I know I, I, I feel as this. It's, I don't know. Just like these days of blowback, you never know what happens. People might misinterpret or misquote you, sure. right, or take you out of context on purpose. So. Um, 
No, I mean, I mean yeah. I, I, the, the most important thing always is like understand the risk. Um, uh, I like crypto. I think crypto is is yeah. um, is revolutionary in a way for personal finance for um, for global finance. Um, having said that, a lot of the benefits outside of the fact that it's digital native and it's run completely through you know technology like smart contracts is that um uh people can build economies digitally built on like the values that they um that appeal to them the values that are valuable to them um yeah and i think that's um that is that in itself is inherently amazing um but I think what people need to internalize when it comes to crypto is it's there's no there's no free lunch it's it's always buyer beware like um, and uh, to expect it to be like a complete free meal a completely free meal ticket is um, okay I understand yeah yeah that, that's what that's the sentiment I want to get see. across like like yeah <laughs> if you, if yeah. all you got is like five k in your bank account and you're thinking, let me put this entirely into, uh, I mean, even Bitcoin. It's like, my friend, you're not going to be in for a good ride. Yeah, I, that's just general good advice for. It's so just like the, you're, if you're, it's like it's just like gambling, right? If you're doing gambling, and then it, there's the question of accountability, and of course now, then as a society, you had decided some countries out ban outright gambling for their locals, right? So. And I think that's the challenge. Like, if this is the frontier and you have a problem with this where you think people shouldn't have lost their money, well, that's the challenge that we present to you. It's yeah. open enough where you could come into the space and then try and build those things. I, I don't know how or what that looks like. How would you ever prevent something like that again? I don't know what that frontier technology looks like. Maybe you have some ideas, but that, that you know, you, you speculate, you gamble. I think that's what you're talking about. But at the same time, it, you have to separate that. Of course, you know, we don't want people to be taken advantage of, which it, which does happen, right? And then it's sure. it's a diff, it's also very philosophically different. Like ultimately, this is very libertarian by nature because it's so early in stage. <laughs> it's kind of radical, yeah. so it's kind of like that. And if you have more mass adoption, you probably will find the people who will try to build in those kind of safety nets to prevent this kind of happening, I guess. I don't know. No, absolutely. Um, no, no, I mean... I think times like this always show who's the, I laugh because it's a meme. I'm not laughing to say it sarcastically. Um, yeah. to, it shows who's in it for the tech. Like um, it's, uh, it's not, um, it's never pretty to build when the the markets are so uh, bearish, but at the same time, yeah. most people are probably not building when the markets are bullish. They're, they're just yeah. constantly checking to token prices and everything. Um, and on that note, to tie it, I think, into what's happening right now, um, not to delve too deep, because I obviously have no knowledge whatsoever um, of the situation, but uh, I'm sure a guy like SBF as well, um, despite what's happening now, like I'm sure he didn't go in with the intention of, let, how can I screw over my entire user base and lose billions of dollars? So that's probably not what he set out to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, if anything, what we should, just like in terms of personal responsibility for the um, the on-ramper side of things, the buyer side of things, who's buying uh, crypto with fiat, um, we should apply the same responsibility here. Um, I don't think this says bad things about crypto. Uh, I don't think SBF set out to 
you know, defraud people. But ultimately what this becomes is it's a specific theft of funds here. This yeah. shouldn't be indicative of the of, of the crypto industry. This is this is solely yeah. on SBF, um, whether whether he started out with good intentions or not. Um, yeah. This is a problem made by him and driven by him. This is not an industry yeah. thing. I think that should be clear, despite like my yeah, my kind of warning type uh, comments earlier. The industry is not inherently good or bad. They're bad actors, right? There are plenty of bad yeah, actors, correct. but we should yeah. we should lay the responsibility on the bad actors. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this there there this was an example of uh, theft from the customer and subsequently um, greater fraud. Um, and yeah. uh, it, it's but it's not a crypto industry thing. It's it's each group that per perpetrates this, we should be laying it solely on them. That's a, that's a very nuanced thing you're saying because you're saying you have to hold accountability, which I, you say that. But it's interesting, see, because you're kind of a good guy. You, 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 you're giving SBF the benefit of the doubt, right? And I, and I could see what the danger of being plugged into crypto Twitter is because you have people who directly know him giving like the clearest of details. And the, like I've seen so many threads that contradict that notion, but we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Right? <laughs> I, I could see how the crypto natives just get sucked in. And then, you know, sure. like, then someone comes out with like, I know him, I, I have this experience with him. Right. So, but yeah, but yeah, um, you know, but like, just to be clear, I'm not giving him so much the benefit of the doubt so much as I don't like, like kind of like what you're saying is on crypto Twitter, everyone's always like, I knew that guy was a, a villain correct. or I knew that guy was a bad actor. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if he started out that way. I do know now that um, he clearly stole funds and he was clearly misappropriating them and he was clearly Correct. using them for things that are, yes. yeah, are outside. Facts. But um, I mean, that's pr that's probably more of a, no, I don't even want to say that, but I mean, maybe he just got corrupted at some point. And um, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy when you're not even 30 and you're managing billions and Suddenly yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. the hole for billions. That's not like suddenly like <laughs> you can't pay next month's rent or something. It's like, <laughs> holy shit, what, a, what have I done? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a very good point. Like objectively outside the facts, it's anyone's best guess. Of course, some people may know more, but like that's also you have to verify those facts. And so it's just no yeah. point to think about other things beyond the facts and the consequence and sure. let the courts and the people who are I don't know who would be responsible at this point, you know, government-wise or whatever. Um, uh, I don't know what's so going to happen there. Right now, right? Yeah, yeah so like, it's um, there's no point to touch it at this point because I think it's like beating a dead horse. Like it's all out there already. Everyone kind of knows how it is, right? Um, yeah. Let's let let's go back to a kind of like you know summarize all that because I, I so initially it was a question about the user. So I, I think one interesting thing that essentially what you said was that. It's kind of weird to say, maybe not good to say, but you know, bad PR is still good PR. What, what do they say? Like you know, all, no, all PR no is good PR, like bad, yeah. or all news is good news, or something. <laughs> yeah, something. Right, like because because essentially that, like you said, there's now more people aware of it, and maybe more people are digging into it, and that helps bring some portion of people who actually dig far enough, you know, for the first time getting onboarded into crypto right so and without you know this bad news there's just it's, people just know it's in the background and it's happening and there's yeah supposed billionaires and they're buying super bowl things so it sounds very realistic right so but now like yeah. you know maybe it will cause people to think more and be more educated and be more aware so that that's probably one thing 
Yeah. And no, so, I mean, that, that's a big reason why I like our approach. I mean, obviously I'm biased and I'm just shilling our, our shit, but like, I like our approach of micro incentives that are given to one another because it's not a, I think it's different when you're, when you're, when you're using it as a personal finance tool, it's like, should I put 10 K into Bitcoin? Like I have some cash. Should I put 10 K into Bitcoin? I mean, that becomes like a big decision, right? Whereas like, if it's literally in the context of people working together and it's like, I mean, you would, you would get your colleague or you would get someone who's working with you a beer or a lunch or something, right? Lunch is on me. And it's all right, here's 20 bucks in, in Bitcoin to go wild with it. It's yours. So, um, yeah. And I think the con- the the context in which you become exposed to crypto also is a big driver into in terms of how you approach it. Um, the fact that for, for us, the, the context of using crypto as a more appreciation recognition tool um, in a micro payment kind of way, in a micro um, reward kind of way, it's psychologically different. And I think it's the approach we prefer as builders. I mean, that's kind of like, even though we're built like a sex, like a centralized exchange, um, our function, our core function is different. And um, yeah. I would like to think that's that's how we're building and designing what we do. Um, it's it's uh, it's more around the idea of sharing values as opposed to like hoarding values and things like that. And yeah. so like anyone on Quidly, I think in my mind, shouldn't be amassing um, without going into specific accounts or anything. There shouldn't be one person with suddenly like a million dollars on Quidly <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, sh- it should be always with the intent. And that's how we're building the product and that's how we're designing it. It's like okay, generosity, appreciation more than generosity um, is a virtue in itself. And I think it's, although you can't force organizations to adopt certain cultures the way you want them to, um, I do think when we work together, especially when we're working online where a lot of that context gets stripped away, um, there needs to be mechanisms in place to to encourage um, recognition incentivization and so um that's where i think uh a better form of adoption can come from yeah and and i and i like what you're saying because that that's that's very important like you approached it from trying to solve a tangible problem right you know it's it's an efficiency play with, with the technology angle right the 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 crypto the the blockchain technology and cryptocurrency allows you to pay whoever you want in a more efficient manner and of course there might be some questions of you know conflict with you know traditional finance allowing this or not because and where does that fall under right but at the end of the day you know i think if you ask all of your power users i think it's not like you've built it with the intent of you know speculation or any of this kind of thing so that that's a big difference philosophically and you're you're trying to bridge those worlds right and, and create that value and it's it's seen in the actual use cases so you know for i don't know maybe you could help explain a, a, a very tangible use case so people understand that something can be built in this space that kind of straddles both worlds but with the intent of you know helping people and actually add value to society sure um Tell me if you think this response is uh, is actually addressing what you said. Um, maybe 
a lot of people will take issue with this, but I think honestly, there are very few decentralized applications today that can claim that they're really adding value or solving a real need. Um, off the top of my head, um, like like wallets, like let's talk about light wallets, um, like uh, your own managing your own wallet through something like MetaMask. Um, it's obviously yeah. extremely necessary for um, uh, for for doing things in the Ethereum ecosystem, but at the same time, um, I mean that. Uh, it's really just useful if you want to do stuff in the Ethereum ecosystem. It's not really solving, yeah. like, it's super powerful in the Ethereum eco in the Ethereum ecosystem. But like, still, your average person is not going to go out of their way. Like, if you're not interested in Ethereum and crypto, like, what are you going to do with MetaMask? Um, Speculate. I, that's it. Or or any wallet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, MetaMask will say they're a gateway into any decentralized app. But again, if you have no interest whatsoever in this stuff, it's Correct. like, okay, what are you going to do? I would say a better, um, probably the best product market fit to, to use to borrow like traditional kind of um, startup uh, terminology and stuff. The best case of product market fit in crypto I see today is like a DEX, like Uniswap. Um, if you're in crypto and you want to swap around with tokens and not get dinged or like controlled by centralized exchanges, um, a DEX like Uniswap is revolutionary. It it really gives you yeah. freedom to like grab the tokens um, you want without any intermediary telling you like no you can't grab this like or like, or, like and um, it, that protocol is amazing. You can shut down the web front end, but someone else can just yeah. fork the code and, and spin up their own. And we've seen that. Time and time again, not, not that Uniswap has been shut down, but I mean, every like so many exchanges have forked Uniswap today, and yeah. um, I think that's an example of where like real utility is. Other than that, though, there's very little. Um, and then in the in the ancillary DeFi kind of protocols where you need liquidity for certain pools and stuff, obviously you see users there because um, that's what's powering a lot of the swaps and things like that. Uh, but outside of this, um, there's not that much real fit at the moment. And, um, I think, I think this is where like a centralized approach still adds a lot of value. You can, you can argue the technical merit of things for days until the the cows come home. I think that's the expression, but, um, uh, but if like, Honestly, in my mind, it's the same. Let's be generous and say it's like 20,000, 30,000 like users, which is a lot, um, but still not a lot in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's the same 20,000, 30,000 DGENs that are like, you know, farming airdrops, uh, funding liquidity pools, like uh, like testing yeah. out things. Uh, and just um, we're still very far from mass, mass adoption. And I think that's to, to kind of tie it back, like, that's why it shouldn't be DEX versus sex, decentralized versus centralized crypto applications. It's crypto versus TradFi still in a very, yeah, um, in a very real it's way. And TradFi still has tremendous advantage in terms of the average, um, in terms of the average user and like what they do on it. Um, I think there's 
we see time and time again, there's a ton of promise and a lot of benefits to doing things on crypto rails, but um, for better or for worse, the focus has not really been on user experience. Um, and it, it's hard when you're trying to, trying to pioneer um, a technology that's still new and doesn't have a lot of user references Correct. to pick up on. And, and uh, exactly. Um, and so um, we'll get there. I think each time we get closer and closer, but um, uh, yeah, if I'm frank, uh, there's still, um, there's still a gap in terms of like expectations versus reality. Yeah. And I think for a long time, which is why the worlds need to coexist if there's going to be any transference of any meaningful fiat is because the technology, the efficiency, the energy problems are not getting solved anytime soon where TradFi has way more efficiency in that respect with you know how the internet was built and where it sits on and how it's run. Even still, probably to a large degree, a lot of the, you know modern finance hasn't even fully got onto the internet still. You know, no, still it, running on, but right? So I think like, that's where crypto has a huge uh, piece to play. Um, it's just the, um, it's just, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, I think it took hundreds of years to convince people to get yeah. into like a TradFi set of, like even convincing Correct. people to use a bank is like you still hear yeah. stories in certain some people countries where don't. people <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like i'd rather have my money under my mattress it's like why but, would i no, give but, it to this <laughs> but those countries are now adopting crypto instead right you know where it doesn't make yeah. sense to use the modern right so yeah yeah so, yeah they, so that's, they it's, it's just, very interesting digitizing their hoarding behavior it's like they just leapfrogged yeah. the, the They've leapfrogged yeah. bank, digital bank, and it's like, look, this is my digital bed, and I'm going to put all my, my digital money under. Yeah. No, Which, absolutely. If you think about how like WeChat came about or how modern e-commerce in China is, it's of a very different flavor because they had to skip generations or they, the problems they solved in those contexts were very different where, you know, <clears throat> like U.S. and maybe Europe is very stratified in many respects. In, turn, in those verticals, so you get different solutions there. But China just puts it all under one platform. You know, WeChat's everything. And then if you go to, uh, if you want to use Search, they don't use Baidu or you know the Google of China. They use uh, I don't know what is it like. They use their version of TikTok or they use like the biggest e-commerce Taobao or whatever as Search instead. And all the information sits there, right? So it's very weird. Like they so, use Search on an e-commerce website. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's e-commerce. It's, it's one of those big. Pla like bigger platforms that's not the search engine you know so it, it, it might be a social media like i, I i'm not the best chinese per, like, Wait, uh, so person like for example if you want to learn about bitcoin would you type that into taobao and taobao will tell you about bitcoin maybe it's not Tao maybe it's like a tiktok or something or like you know uh, a social media platform instead right it, uh, you'll just but like, go directly to a, yeah. an influencer or well, someone who explains it to you okay well, because <laughs> you're, you're thinking maybe e-commerce in the sense of a westerner it's just you go there to shop shit but it's a universal platform in many senses over there and i'm probably butchering a lot of this so someone can help <laughs> clarify that for me but essentially right so like it's it's interesting that you're saying, if these if there's these countries that are adopting it as their first layer, you get a whole different world that grows from that foundation, right? So, for sure, um, like, um, it just speaks to the promise of, of crypto, right? I mean, the way it is today, with if they're adopting Bitcoin, it's stateless, and I can see why, from a state's perspective, that sucks. But yeah, um, yeah. from a from a consumer perspective, um, it's it's awesome. Like, it's probably more stability. 
in line with uh, again not to show what we're doing or not to say what we're doing is like the right way or whatever but um like i mean the killer use case in crypto still after a decade is literally borderless p2p transfer of value like um the Amazing. fact that you you don't have to like you just have to pick up a wallet give me your wallet public address and i'll send you bitcoin i'll send you east and no one can stop me as long as i have my yeah, own wallet as long as i have my own um, tokens like this, uh, is that the case for quidly like is it because I, I i've done it i've just sent money around the world to quidly wallet to quidly wallet for you know my ask my friends to set up to get them introduced to crypto right is there any way that that could be blocked because that that would be sad yeah <laughs> um yeah no because we're not a wallet today we're, we we classify ourselves more as an account because we are centralized account. on the front end yeah. we're using blockchain on the back end to manage all that um yeah i mean we're not like an ftx level where um like we're gonna invite super scrutiny today yet but um how we're managing on the back end is we're we're the proxy for you but you as like the user um it's just your account like a sex that's what i'm saying that's why i compare it to yeah. like a Coinbase, or obviously, I don't want to say FTX right now, but like, um, <laughs> that's why I would compare it to like a Coinbase, where it's like, um, yeah, you you're for better or for worse trusting us to manage um, your tokens to send yeah. to send through the application that you want to send to. Um, that's why I'm saying like users of Quidly shouldn't be holding like. 1 million just to hold 1 million like if you're suddenly yeah. sitting on top of 1 million on quid like 1 million dollars in fiat on quidly value um uh either you're super generous with like your organization people or like um you probably should be taking custody of that because um yeah I, I still align with the ultimate facets of crypto like not your keys not your tokens it's quidly is not meant to be a wallet today um as we move more and more um on chain will will enable more and more self-custodial non-custodial um, ways to oh, access okay. the protocol yeah but i mean to build our initial traction look i mean we built a dap before moving into this direction and it totally sucked like if you don't get users the big technical debt of what you what you're building is just all for nothing and i mean that's yeah. that is what it is with blockchain uh, building on blockchain building a smart contracts and it's not like uh, building a normal Postgres database app where you can keep yeah. like once a smart contract's out there, a smart contract's out there, um, yeah. and um, it's just not a good. Um, how would you call it? Like you're not building step by step. You're kind of building. Yeah, building with blockchain is like that. You've already got the blueprints in mind. And you can't derail from that, really. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like normal building, you can build as modularly as possible, yeah. and I, I mean that's still one of the benefits of like let's not throw the even though we see a crypto future, a future of finance built on crypto rails, let's not throw the baby out with the water, right? Um, like Web two ways of building is is Correct. efficient. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately, you will need to have better and better interfaces as the technology scales and gets better. Right. You know, you have your back end, but your front end needs to keep up, too. Right. And I think that's a huge component that people always tell me that's missing. So it's it's it's, it's important to kind of put that all together. I mean, with all dApps today, you're still relying on Web2 front end, right? Um, Correct. Like you can, yeah. And 
use unless you're interacting directly with the smart contract, which makes it even worse for your normal user because, like, your average uh, mainstream person, your normie, to like, <laughs> like it's, it would just be like shoving a bunch of code in front of somebody. It's like, look, how right. can look, uh, find the the functions you need and make it happen. Uh, you you wanted directly. responsibility. Here's your responsibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so yeah, yeah, that's what web front ends provide. But as so long as uh, DApps are relying on web front ends, like that is um, that is a reliance on web too. Um, people will say, yeah, yeah, but you can you can fork it and then spin up your own. Okay, I get it, but like that's still not the most convenient way for a average user to interact with an application. Yeah. You know. So I, I think you were kind of. I thought you were maybe backing yourself into a corner, but I think you might have answered one of my questions, where because you keep talking about how the most biggest use cases are kind of like what you're doing where, you know, if I load some money onto Quidly, I could use crypto to pay people, you know, for whatever I want, you know, tipping or incentives, right? But the other use case you were talking about were a lot of DeFi stuff or maybe DeFi finance stuff, right? So it seems though then how do you reconcile where you are today, which is kind of where a centralized exchange kind of is or where wallets are. And then it seems that you're saying, the promise and the future is more in the decentralized way. So how do you reconcile that as a, you know, for the vision of Quidly and where that moves towards? Or do like, does that eventually morph into where Quidly is purely going to be a DeFi player or is for forever you're straddling because that doesn't go away, right? It seems like you're almost backed yourself in a corner or, and then you're saying eh. the best promise is somewhere else, but you are not there where you build stuff, right? So. I wouldn't be surprised if I ever backed myself into a corner. It's pretty <laughs> <laughs> par for the course. Um, I mean, unless, unless that, that is the vision, right? So, No, I mean, long term, we do want to build a protocol around incentivization, better habits for automating incentivization and compensation. Okay. For us, like, the future of work is decentralized, not even in the crypto sense. People are more and more doing things piecemeal. They're more and more, like taking I'm on to <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's um i mean i think digital nomads get it in that sense and decentralization yeah. outside of the crypto con i mean crypto it's such a meaningless word now in crypto but they've just yeah. really appropriated that word outside of like its core meaning is like uh yeah work online like digital life not just work dig digital life is completely decentralized right you can be in one place and and, and still be interacting and, and living living with other people in another place yeah. and for us um that, that change in lifestyle that change in habit will also reflect in the way we work and and, and participate in in the public sphere and um, expect to make contributions and receive contributions um, in the public sphere and that can ultimately done, be done better on chain, like a compensation stack built specifically for um, the kind of future of work we see. And ultimately, in terms of how Quidly functions, we do want that to be an on-chain protocol. Yeah. Um, how Quidly the company today plays into that is, um, A, we're doing the initial research with the way people are using the, the tool today, what user behavior is, how people are are like our theories on how micro incentives and micro rewards work are always going to be different from how they're actually implemented in practice, right? And yeah. it's hard to build that all on chain in the beginning. 
So Quidly, the company, is kind of the initial phase to then building Quidly, the protocol. And when Quidly, the protocol is in place, the role of Quidly, the company, changes to be like one commercial, the major, ideally commercial arm, building on top of that open protocol to provide the web face, kind of like what we described yeah. before, for how most people would want to use Quidly today. But yeah. um, once it becomes an open protocol, anyone can fork it and anyone can build their own workflows built on the initial protocol that yeah. we launch. Um, but that's how we see Quidly, the company, interacting today and I see. ultimately more yeah, longer, sure. long-term vision. Yeah. In this, in this, sorry, it's just a short uh, answer if you could. Uh, in that scenario in the future where it's more towards decentralized and you have the infrastructure, how does Quidly monetize from that? When there's already a protocol in place, um, I mean, perhaps there'll be a, a token. Um, okay. Let's see. But um, outside of that, I mean, Quidly, the commercial entity, will still be building things and they're maybe we'll still have traditional soft model kind of things where it's like, oh, to access yeah. certain set of features, um, you pay X, Y, Z. Um, and yeah, longer term, we st I mean, it, it would just, it would, it would still be like, um, you know, what's an example of that today? It would be like any consultant on top of like Linux OS or any, I mean, even, even mm. less open source kind of things like my, yeah. Microsoft Windows still has tons yeah. of consultants who can come into an organization and show you how to. And so, like, that would be what our commercial arm ultimately is envisioned as. Like, okay, how I can see. you best utilize this protocol? Or here's already a front end mm. built for this protocol that can help you do I X, see, Y, Z. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Cool. So I think we, we should probably end with two topics. Um, uh, let's let's talk about the, the piece de resistance, right? The main, like, like let's talk about manufacturing trust and how can we trust you bro what 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 is the essence of this and and we think about trust in general and, and like how humans just basically trust each other and then how we've replicated that as a layer in current modern society or finance or whatever have you will essentially it's the same thing right and i think the whole thing that people should understand about blockchain technology is that real use case will come from trust being solved. If there's no trust problems, then probably blockchain won't matter much for it, right, ultimately. And so yeah. how, how in this current state, you know, and if you tell me your thoughts about trust in general, how trust is built in general in this current day, and how does that relate maybe to Quidly and why we should trust you? Wow, what a tough question. <laughs> um, just trust me, bro. Uh, no, uh, I, I mean- yeah, here, Here's the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for lack of a better, I don't think I'm going to be able to give a satisfactory response to that today. Um, I think, fortunately, we're in a place where we have a, a decent sized user base where um, they've not experienced any problems, or if they have, we've been able to resolve it for them. Um, and so it's just, a, I mean, just like any startup, like pure startup, literally like a startup startup, not a tech company, um, you build that trust over time with the users who, who really like what you're doing and who really use what you're doing to in their in their day-to-day uh, -day lives and operations. Um, yeah. We've been fortunate enough to have a degree of that, and um, we hope to continue offering that. 
I think in the sense of crypto and when it comes to like, you know, managing tokens and you know, in the ledger sense, um, when you're pure on chain, it's easy, right? Share the, yeah, share the smart correct. contract, share the wallet addresses. And, Everything's um, open. You should be able to see it ASAP on any explorer. Um, what <clears throat> the implosion of FTX has spurred a lot of exchanges to do now is like a um, a uh, direct audit. Oh, the um, yeah, Don mentioned this. It's the third party audit. I forget what they called it. Oh, you can't hear me. Audit. I lost my train we're of talking about audit. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were talking about third party audits. I forget the exact term, but there was a specific term. They're that using a specific term right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Jargon's always changing. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, sexes are saying like, okay, yeah, the, we'll take a voluntary audit. But even that, <clears throat> I mean, that sounds like a reasonable thing to say. But even that is already being proved like weird because it's like suddenly, oh shit, there's like. Uh, 500 million of funds suddenly entering yeah. like when you said yeah. you do the audit where was that shit before? <laughs> and like um uh i think um this this i i don't have any direct answers at the moment but i think this will cause a lot of um soul searching internally in the industry as well as scrutiny from outside of the industry there probably will be some on-chain tools built by audit yeah. audit companies to you know, offer a more um, viable transparency yeah. solution. I wouldn't be surprised if they're already like kind of like escrow or account monitoring um, solutions that will quickly be put in place to be like, here's real time. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of stable coins are like this, right? They're like, we will release weekly or monthly or semi-annually um, annual audits to show yeah. that I think Circle is like that, where it's like Deloitte or some one of the big four is like regularly showing. Yep, uh, there's a billion stable coins. If there's a billion USDC, there's a billion dollars in the bank to show that we're yeah. uh, collateralized properly. Um, this might be some of the stuff in, that comes into place, which um, I, for consumer safety, obviously yeah. um, is a great thing. Um, on the flip side, that'll clearly make things harder for startups. Um, the, I mean, the more the more requirements in terms of regulation and compliance that are put in place, the harder it becomes to um, enter the space without totally taking on like a DGen or DeFi mindset, you know. And yeah. um, I, I guess uh, I can't. Uh, that's why I keep saying for better or for worse, because. Um, it will suck, but at the same time, like, I guess to quote Jurassic Park, the uh, life will somehow <laughs> find a way. <laughs> we'll, we'll, people will always find ways to do things. Well, what, what you're saying, and I think people need to understand this. I mean, it's, it's very easy for a, a blockchain maximalist just to say, well, the answer is easy. Just trust the math. You know, you're responsible and then build the system where you automate it. But that's like a one or zero. But yeah. we live in a world of nuance and we live in a world of grays. And that's not going to necessarily like, you know, even if you could build as much of that technology and manifest it today, some, there's going to be something somewhere where it's not going to fit perfectly and not make sense. Right. Sure. And so and so, like, I, I think your example of, you know, how traditionally how these Web2 companies came out and we trust them until we started not trusting them you know like when facebook got too big it destroyed <laughs> democracy or you know when all yeah. the data leaks and these were the inherent problems of web 2 etc cetera, etc cetera. but 
ultimately what you described in that process in the early stages is no different if you think about humans on a one-to-one relationship and i've had to go through some really hard lessons in life between people and even we went through different times in our relationship you know there's a one it'll be interesting to know that you know we're good friends now i've invested in your company but before like no we talked about an eoa we used to just yell at each other and fight a lot and what people need to understand trust is something that's a moving target it's not something that's fixed, right? And it's something that could be built up and broken down and built up again. Right? And so, right? So if you think about that, just just to add a little bit of my own color there, it's weird because it's layers, I guess, then because in that in our relationship situation, I would say it was a two kind of on my side, why there was friction and argument is, I don't think there was always trust that you had okay. the best yeah. interest in mind because yeah, I, yeah, correct. I, yeah, correct. I, it wasn't We're not bad so people. terrible where it was like, I don't think he's trying to fuck shit up. It was more, <laughs> it was like a trust where it, it was another layer of the initial layer of trust was there is more the a, a layer on top of that. Whereas like, it, it, from my perspective, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to yeah, say yeah, it was yeah, good or bad. Like from my perspective, it was like, can I trust him to do this this particular thing, like yeah. it wasn't where like I'm going to walk away because I don't trust him to have the, the organization's best interest in mind. Because I think yeah. my my commentary there is I did trust you to have the organization's Correct. interest in mind. It was more like, can I trust him with this particular thing that that we were doing? But you're right, like um, it's like there's that human element where the, the like it um that kind of oscillates, right? Yeah. And there's so like, it's having some model of this kind of trust. And and what I've realized is, you know, when people have frictions and trust breaks down, you know, people will say, why didn't you come to me? Well, it's because we had trust, but it, the paradigm changes, right? So like, if you want to think about in this sense, like, how can we trust you, bro? It's an everyday exercise where you have to live <laughs> up to people. You have to manifest your values. That's why content sure. like this actually is important. You got to put a face to it. You know, worst case, someone can call me and I tell them where you are, right? That's going to be, you know, put a lot of trust into it. You know, know, someone's (laughs) going to come after you, right? So, like, ultimately, we hold each other accountable. Yeah, and of course, and and even in these models with fraud and con artists or grifters, it's still something that can't be solved fully, which is why the maximalists of blockchain like that solution. It's almost like creating a perfect world, but... Ultimately, it's like philosophical where, you know, I don't necessarily think that's going to always be the case. And so if we're to look at the space of centralized exchanges or, you know, in the case of Quidly, you know, we would have to look at these different avenues and then you have to show up every day and prove it. Right. And you have to. This is why reputation more often than not, especially in the business community, as you grow older and older is more important because, you know, one wrong thing, one misstep, you just lose all that trust. Right. And so. The question is, how can we trust you is by doing all those things that we know about already, about how we trust <laughs> our friends, how we trust our family, how we trust yeah. this, right? And so Quidly has to show up and do that every day. And, you know, the company core values have to reflect that it has to be communicated well, which is then what you talked about, the startup execution part, which is what people have done over time. And even still, when you're a big at scale kind of thing, that's get where the stakes are even higher and you have to find ways to even manufacture that even further systematically, culturally you know, on a surface level, right? So it's, it's like you said, it's not going to be a perfect answer, but essentially that's how we've operated since the beginning of existence, right? So. Yeah. Well, I just, I, yeah, I don't want to say something like, uh, like some pretty thing, like, yeah, we're going through, like, we, we got like SOC 2, <laughs> like uh, compliance. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for the user, that means nothing. 
Um, and I think uh, uh, the best we can do outside of like, what do you call it? Like um, outside of decorations, ornamentation like that is, yeah, like you said, kind of come in day in, day out to, to, um, yeah. to deal with, to deal with this, uh, yeah. um, the mess that is, uh, yeah. Life. I mean, ultimately, there's also leaps of faith that we do every day, too. Like, sure. you know, we trust that someone <laughs> submitted their financials to the SEC, the SEC didn't fudge with it. And right. So there's like, ultimately, there's always yeah. these leaps of faith. Uh, the first time I ever bought Bitcoin, it was like, through like just a PayPal invoice. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge leap of faith. Right. So, yeah. I mean, of course, technology hopefully can solve that over time. Like it helps solve part of it, but still, you know, even with your, you know, the, the best protocols in place, I'm sure you could find a way to cheat someone. Like so. Oh, I mean, they, hackers are gonna hack. Like, let's let's yeah. not make DeFi is great, um, and smart contracts can can create good infrastructure, but let's not pretend they're like they're unhackable. Like that's why you see hacks all the time, and like um, that's the problem with the smart contract. You build it, you think it's done. Once you give the surface area for attack. People yeah. are like that's human nature, and like yeah. people are. I mean, living in France, I think um, a little bit of a tangent, but um, it. I, I never noticed this in any other country I've lived in so clearly as I as I've noticed it here is. Um, I mean, think about bureaucracy and how like governments and institutions um, have processes in place. For you to do stuff and it's i mean those are protocols in a way like those are protocols in the smart contract of life and yeah, um correct french people are there's so much bureaucracy here that's in your face i guess it, for example in the case of the u.s there's a ton of bureaucracy but you just don't see it because you don't really yeah, deal with correct. it on a yeah, but yeah. here you're literally dealing with it on a regular <laughs> basis and um and as a result of that you constantly have people hacking. There's a knowledge of how yeah. to hack the yeah. bureaucracy, and oh, you need money from that. So you could there like mm. the knowledge that people have amassed from participating in this bureaucracy. Oh, you're taking like you're taking a spin class lessons or something, some kind of exercise. Actually, yeah. did you know that under law X Y Z, uh, there's actually like some wow. um, there's actually an exercise uh, grant that you can receive, and then that'll pay for like ninety percent of your uh, like. Wow. <laughs> like you, you just don't realize the. Uh, how you come to realize, I think, that just you're in, in any framework you find yourself living in, you're constantly going to be hacking. And I think Correct. that's that's a metaphor for anything that um, people think hacking is just, you know, um, using a computer to steal from a bank or something. But it's, no, it's just finding penetration points, finding uh, uh, loopholes and, and, and attack vectors to... To exploit something and um, smart contracts are no different that yeah and, and ultimately that means a future where even if we are perfectly de decentralized and everyone only uses wallet to wallet transactions you still will have problems you still will have trust problems right so it's exactly and in that in that sense this is why you this, and like, I don't know if we did a good job. Maybe we'll just get a lot of shit for this after this episode. But, but like, but that like, I hopefully that lands somewhere to clearly say that there is some type of case or some logic where you know that even though centralized exchanges were kind of rampant with problems and ICOs were, they still have a place in the future. And it's just a matter of time where we could keep layering like the layers of trust, keep layering them in, 
And that will that'll be a moving target, but hopefully we get to a stage where it's, you know, we can land more softly and people trust each other more. Um, something like that, I guess. Absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We'll never be free from hacking, but um, yeah, like, correct. still, like, uh, um, I mean, banks get it fro- uh, defrauded all the time or attempts to defraud banks happen all the time. So it's just a matter yeah. of what's the... Uh, what's the best way to, to manage all yeah. that. So I guess maybe to maybe close off, um, I, I think we kind of done an implicit job of trying to champion the cause of where you're sitting, what Quidley, Quidley's doing, but I don't know, maybe you can give us a quick, concise summary, elevator pitch of why, why, why we should use Quidley. And then maybe, yeah. I don't know if, you, if you're open to it, we could talk about you know, your thoughts on how this progresses going forward for Quidley, and maybe your thoughts of fundraising, this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I'm always happy to show what we're building. Um, I think, uh, I think from an organization perspective, um, there's always, you always, uh, need people motivated, engaged and incentives, um, are a big part of that, whether, um, I mean, incentives are a big part of life, right? It's, it's why we're motivated to do things and, and why we, why we do the things we do. Um, and, uh, in that calculus of life, like, you have to always understand, you, not understand, but you need to weigh incentives to understand the choices you want to make in in your day to day. What what what's the most benefit to you, or what's the most what's the most advantage? What's the thing you can do that advantage is the most advantageous to you? And I don't think that's any different in an organization. Um, I think anyone that's worked in a big organization will understand that um, incentives play a big part in like how you participate, how you contribute, how much you're engaged. And that doesn't change when organizations shift to online, to digital life, whether it's fully remote or whether it's, uh, you know, a hybrid thing or whether um, even when you're in the same place today, we're, we're more and more using tech to communicate and to collaborate. And um, I think, uh, recognition and appreciation play, play a big part in keeping motivation and engagement high and uh, rather than using rather than sharing like a $20 Applebee's gift card that no one's going to use uh, probably you hold on to like the day before expiration like oh, I guess I should go to Applebee's yeah. why not um, why not share access to uh, web3 the future of the web I'm sure a lot of skeptics will be like uh, rolling their eyes like web3 but like um yeah, I mean, to me, uh, 20 bucks, 50 bucks in ETH is going to go a longer way than like 20 bucks, 50 bucks at some restaurant you don't have any interest in or like an Amazon yeah. gift card. Like, And um, yeah, for, for digital natives, for people who are collaborating online more and more, um, let's build those appreciation um, recognition rails using tokens, um, which... Um, again, as I think was implicit in what I'm saying, um, rewards for loyalty used to be just internal and um, only available in the context of your organization. But as we were talking about the decentralization of work, um, that's less and less the case. And people are more migrant. People stay less at one organization or managing multiple projects. Um, let's make incentives uh, incentives more suited for the way people are living their digital lives today. Um, and that's where Quidley comes in. And it <laughs> sounds like, yeah, 
it sounds like it's the infrastructure that will power the currency of future work essentially and that future work will just keep being dynamic and changing and you know essentially you're sitting at the intersect of that and it just allows for more access and more freedom ultimately yeah absolutely absolutely i would say at the intersection of future of work and crypto finance yeah and so then for the last the last question then how how do you thinking about continuing funding do you do you feel that you know it's always good to take up more money along the way especially now that the macro environment has changed or are you waiting to accumulate value then raise bigger rounds later that's a good question um obviously it's always i think from a corporate finance perspective better to um better to raise the bigger rounds or better to raise rounds like in a more yeah. um, in like the beautiful seed series a series b <laughs> yeah, kind see, of way yeah. of things um it's interesting the market is like <clears throat> you you always you're always getting weird sentiments from the vc industry on one hand there's never been enough there's never been this much private capital amassed by like <laughs> funds to do like investments and stuff but then everyone's like Oh no, the market conditions are terrible. Startups are dying and VCs are not deploying capital. And so yeah. um, I think as we see more and more founders and more and more founders who are going through like VC cycles, uh, uh, just as an asterisk, you don't have to do raise venture capital to be a founder, right? Like you, you, can, you can build businesses the way you want. Um, I, I always want to make that explicit because people are like, I need to raise capital, but yeah, correct. You know, do you really need to, but if you are in, um, if you are a venture-backed founder, um, I think just because there's more and more of us now, like it's become a more common thing than before. You see more and more people recommend without hesitation. If there's capital on the table, take it because you never know yeah. what's what the yeah. what the market looks like. You never know, and so. Um, no, I mean, Quidly uh, did our seed uh, at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And um, runway-wise, we're fine, but we are looking at, we are looking more from the macro side of things, less about our business and more on the yeah. landscape. And yeah, we are thinking about um, what the best next steps are in that in that direction. To, to talk frankly, like I don't want to yeah. paint like a beautiful startup picture where some founder gets to like know insight yeah. whatsoever yeah honestly we're looking at the macro and thinking like um we're looking to we're doing a few million now in um, volume and we're thinking like we can position we, our initial thought was we can position ourselves for a series a in like q2 of next year um with the way markets are looking right now um do we want to just in case uh yeah. pad our runway a little bit more to to ride things exactly. out if, it, yeah. if if things don't look good, yeah, it's something on our minds. And um, okay. let, let's see. Um, I think a lot of VCs are many VCs are obviously gleefully who are skeptics anyways in crypto are like yeah like, like this is their time to be like I told you this is like a, yeah, a Ponzi and a house of cards. But yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time, I think a lot of VCs have also um, converted have uh, kind of moved into like oh mm. like crypto makes sense i mean i think there's a lot that resonates with me here so um let's see what happens um we've yeah. we've continued to have conversations with our investors and external investors for the entirety of this year and um communication wise uh, 
no one's explicitly said they're pulling back. But yeah. um, having said that, we do know a lot of crypto funds are now underwater at the moment because of, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, they decided yeah, to use FTX to custody their own funds and stuff. So yeah, that, that's a totally different conversation. No, it's, 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 it, to me, it's clear. I mean, like ultimately, I, I think you're right. And I mean, that's just traditional wise advice. And I think any long, hard, ter like long term veteran VC probably would say something like that. And. I don't know, at least for my very limited experience in, in angel investing and looking at this is that especially like if you're doing angel, you have to be very contrarian because you're ultimately on the frontier and you're at the place with the highest risk. If everyone's running from the doors, especially if this is a shakeout, if, if you're in it for the long haul and you know the fundamentals, you should be looking for those that tiny power law percentage that's going to give you returns for the next decade. So you want to be looking at this. And, you know, if I had more liquidity, I'm firstly, I'm a small port person, so I would give you more money. But like, you know, I think this is where you want to be Damn. digging in. And then, you know, if you find it credible, you know, they should definitely reach out to you, you know, whether it's for, a, you know, a short term round, just a pad runway or whether for, it's, you know, in the future, whenever you hit more milestones and go for the series A, right? So oh, um, I, I think, that, Alex. yeah, I think it's good advice and I think it makes sense. So, you know, then at this point, I guess I'll flash up your, your deets, you know, you can send to me later and we'll, we'll pop it up. Then people can reach out to you. Um, is there anything nice. else you want to plug before, before Thanks. we go? Um, no, uh, what do I want to plug? Um, Linux master race. Don't use Mac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously plug Quidly. Um, yeah. Uh, reach out if, uh, if you're interested in Quidly, but maybe we're not operating with token with the token yep. you prefer. Where we've we this year alone we've added over ten tokens um, to our uh, to, we we prefer working directly with the token organization. So yeah. the ten tokens we've added were, were with explicit um, uh, cooperation with the, yeah. with the organizations um, who manage those tokens. Um, so yeah, reach out uh, whenever. Otherwise, yeah. Um, Please use Quidly. Please listen to low-level barbarians yeah. and for yeah. listening to me. And definitely, I think that's a really good point because we need more bright minds in this space. I think me, I'm open to jam. Justin's open to jam. Let's, let's get more people talking about more solutions to adding real tangible value in, in this space so that, you know, it, it can be more widely adopted and widespread. And, you know, the, the promise of the actual good of the technology does become true. So, yeah, great. Thanks for uh, coming on, Justin. Appreciate your time. Likewise, man. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye.